Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. We partnered with the country's largest nightclub network and I walked into a meeting and this guy looked at me and he, and he started swearing at me because he loved what we did and I was really taken like, whoa, what the heck is this? And he's like, I love what you do, mate. He said, I want to give back. I'll give you my nightclubs for nothing. I was like, run that again? He goes, I'll give you my nightclubs for nothing. He said, I promise you, it's part of my social responsibility. I want to give it back. So I said, on a Friday night? He said, yeah. He said, between 7 and 10. And I said, well, we can turn it around so you can open up as a nightclub. Where does every kid want to be in the UK on a Friday night? <laughs> Trying to get them into a church building ain't going to happen. Not in our country. Not at the moment. Get them into a nightclub, under 18, drug-free, alcohol-free, positive message. Teachers love it. Mums love it. People love it. Police love it. Kids love it. 900 kids turned up there and 850 responded to the gospel for the first time. And uh, we're just seeing, we're seeing four times as many kids turn up to shows. We kind of do it in five days because we need a bit of pester power in the UK to get kids to really get it viral. So we do five schools in five days or maybe five to seven schools in five days and book the, the, uh, book the, uh, the club for the Friday night. And uh, by Wednesday, we're seeing that the club is sold out. 900 to 1,000 tickets are gone. So we're having to go back and do matinees. But here's the most amazing thing. This is the bit I love the most because we're all about his kingdom, not our empire. Is that on a Sunday, they've given us the nightclubs for free so we can church plant back into the club. So every kid gets invited back to the club to do a version of church, which is completely different to what we'd normally do. We turn the turn the music up and it's like a DJ set and then someone like me gets up and shares some wise words and takes them on their first steps of that decision they made to become a Christian. So we've got 57 of these nightclubs. We've got access to 57 of them. We're literally in about 40. So we can see a little church planting network. We're going to call it Legacy. We're going to go around the UK because we can't pour new wine into old wineskins. We've got to do something fresh. We've got to do something new. And, uh, and I believe that, that, uh, that God's, a lot of people are saying, oh, when's the move of God happening? I'm like, we're in a move of God. Let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate what God's doing. And uh, we just really appreciate you guys uh, being with us for the journey and stuff. And I prepared a, a little talk for you. And uh, I kind of, I'll go off tack all the time because I'll, I'll, un, I'll unload all the stuff that we've been doing onto you guys. But there's, um, we came to Australia, about, uh, New Zealand, we did go to Australia as well but for Shakers Conference, that was amazing, but we came to New Zealand about three years ago and someone handed in a suicide note and a load of blades and, and, and uh, pills and all kinds of stuff. This last year we went into school in uh, Christchurch in your town and this girl came up and she said, um, hey man, it's Caitlin. I was like, who's Caitlin? Are you the kid? She's like, yeah, she's in year 13. She's now a, a mentor to the year 10s that were going through the same stuff. She had her arm around the kid of the kid who, in year 10 who couldn't give me any eye contact. He had the same t-shirt on as me. And she came up and she said, because of the revolution tour, you saved my life. She said, I'm now being part of the change instead of part of the problem. I'm mentoring the kids in year 10. In one of your special, I can't remember what school it is. It's like a, a, like almost like an alternative education one. And the teacher came up to me beforehand and said, I've heard, she was English. She said, I've heard about LZ7. So I heard about what you do. She said, if you mention your faith, I'm gonna call the police. I run that by me again? She goes, I, I know about you from back in England. She said, I, I've heard about you guys, but I, I love it, but don't mention Jesus. And I was like, okay, cool. But you know what? The Holy Spirit can do what we can do in, te in 10 years, in 10 seconds, can't he? He can transform lives. And that's what I want to see happen. And that's what I believe is going to happen on the revolution tour that's coming up. So it's not just about the 950 kids. It's also about the, the individuals. So can I just show you like a, something to celebrate about an individual? Would that be cool? Just for a few minutes, and then we'll go into the talk a little bit.
My name is Lauren. I'm 21 years old. I love life now, but this hasn't always been the case. I grew up on a council estate in Sheffield called Arborthorn. Home life was pretty crazy growing up. My mum battled with mental health issues from even before she had children. She would regularly say she was going to kill herself. She would sleep all day and have no motivation to do anything. My dad worked and was very wrapped up in it. When he got home from work, my mum and dad always argued and was always fighting in the house. We saw a lot of things happen to our mum that no child should have to see. Plates smashed on her back just because mum would complain about something. My dad upped and left when I was seven. I was actually quite relieved about this, thinking that things would get better, but if anything, they got worse. By now, my mum's mental health was the worst it's ever been. She was constantly trying to overdose and kill herself, as she couldn't take life anymore. I was now 11. I had to take on looking after everything that mum couldn't. The cooking, cleaning, everything in the house... I didn't sleep at night because I was constantly checking if she was still alive. The pain was real and too much for me to handle, so I started self-harming. It was a release for me, a place where I felt safe and no one knew about it. I'm 14 now. My mum's mental health is getting worse. So bad that she was sectioned into hospital for a time and I went to live in foster care. I felt so broken so hopeless, so unloved, and I couldn't take life anymore. It had driven me to the edge and the pain was too much. So I thought of a way out, a way to end it. I took myself to this bridge, leaning over and looking out, because I thought this was the only way out for me, the only thing that could take away the pain. I stalled, pondered, and then I went for it, I jumped. As I did, something hit me like a tidal wave, a massive gush of wind was literally holding me back on the bridge. I physically couldn't jump. I had no idea what was going on and I couldn't explain it, so I just took myself back home, confused. This was on a Thursday. I did go to a youth group every Friday. These guys were kind to me and they knew things weren't good at home. They knew my mum was unwell but didn't know about my self-harm or suicide attempt. The day after I took myself to the bridge, they took me to the O2 Academy. They never told me it was a Christian gig, otherwise I wouldn't have gone, because I hated God. I was dancing alone and enjoying the music. When Lynn started to speak, at the end of one of his songs, he said these words. There's someone here today that tried to commit suicide yesterday. But I'm here today to tell you that God's got a plan for your life. Never give up. I was so shocked, so confused, and at the same time, this wave of something I'd never felt before hit my chest. I felt hope. Something snapped inside, and after that gig, I never self-harmed again. Something started to break in me. I didn't become a Christian there and then, because I needed time to think about it. But two weeks later, I decided I wanted to follow God properly. He totally changed my life in that one moment, Frulins. I'm now 21 years old. Life is completely transformed. I'm living in Manchester, working at Sainsbury's part-time and mentoring girls who are struggling with self-harm and suicide and all the issues I used to struggle with. But I'm just one story of millions, though. Lynn's, Elsa Seven and Light 
are seeing this wherever they go, in schools and at gigs all across the world. Young people like me are saying no to self-harm, no to suicide and yes to Jesus. When Lynn's told me I had a hope and God showed me I had a purpose and a plan, my whole life changed. My name is Lauren. We, uh, we had the privilege of doing a, um, a, uh, a kind of reception at the House of Lords, which is where all the Lords make all the kind of laws. They have to pass the laws in the UK. And uh, we shared that, and we had Lauren actually there, and she got up and walked forward, and all these guys, these business guys were in bits, just like, blah! And I was like, this is real, though. That's real life for one person. That's real life for, for thousands, for millions of people. They might not be self-harming or suicide, but they're going through life without hope. They're going through life without knowing they've got a destiny. And who's going to tell them unless we're sent, unless we go, unless we go and tell them that they've got something to live for? Who's going to do it? And I was like, yo, God, here I am. Send me, man. That's why we'll come back to, the, to New Zealand. That's why we'll come back on the Revolution Tour. That's why we want to see a nation changed here in these next two weeks. Um, I, was, uh, I was looking through doing some notes for this. And uh, excuse my Justin Bieber glasses. Carl Lentz lookalike glasses. Um, they're actually real glasses. I came to a point where kids' faces were starting to blur in the audience, and I was like, yo, what is going on? I can't see it. I thought it was sweat, and then I was like, no, I need to get some glasses. So I thought I'd go for some proper nice little um, golden bins. That's what we call them. Um, so I was, <laughs> I, was looking up, I was looking up recently just uh, some stuff in, in, in the Bible and, and kind of praying for you guys and what God wanted to, to speak to you guys and share with you guys. And I was looking at Mark 8, Mark 8, 34. And uh, in, uh, in Mark, it talks about where Jesus had uh, just been talking to his disciple. But Jesus turns and says to these guys, and this, is, this verse to me is one of the toughest things I've ever read in my life. It's, it's one of the hardest things that, that I've ever encountered when I read the Bible. Because when I read it, I'm like, yo, have I really got to do this? Have I, have I really got to, talk, have I really got to like, do what it says in this word here right now? And, uh, and I've named this talk, uh, The Crown Over the Cross. In fact, I turned it around and I called it The Cross Over the Crown. And I'll tell you why. Jesus looks at the crowd and he talks to his disciples and he said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves Take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or can anyone give in exchange for their soul? I was looking at that and I, was, and I read it. And I thought to myself, what in the world does that mean to, to pick up a cross? To take, imagine, imagine I had a cross on the stage and I, and I had a crown over this side. What, what does it look like to, to pick up a cross and carry it? Back in the day, I don't know whether you realise, but the, the cross was like one heavy thing. It wasn't just something that could hold a man. It was like tons heavy, like it, it splintered and it had uh, just like the, the weight of it would break a man's back. And yet Jesus carried it all the way up to the top, his own thing that was going to take him to, to eternity. But the own thing that was going to take him so that he could beat death was this cross. But yet he says, take up your cross, deny yourself, because if you deny yourself, you get life. So basically you've got to die to live. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, hang on, I've got to, what do you mean I've got to die? Now, I was thinking about what I just said a second ago about mankind, about being a gentle man. I'm not, my, my inner self is not gentle. 
My inner self is not kind. My flesh is not kind. But to take up the cross means that I've got to be a kind man. It means I've got to be a gentle man. I'm, I'm called to be this guy that's nice to people. I just sent someone to go and pick me up some left-handed Sharpies, and I feel really guilty for doing it. I'm so sorry. Do you understand what left-handed Sharpies are? They don't. Did you actually ask Tico? She came in and she said, yo, she said, is there anything I can get you? I'm here to serve you. And I was like, yeah, I could really do with some left-handed pens. It's, see what I mean? Like, in me, I'm like, yo, I want to prank this girl. This is funny. She goes running off to go and find these left-handed pens. I find that funny. You find it funny. That's good. But there's part of me, that, there's stuff in me that's naughty. There's stuff in me that wants to go and do stuff that, that isn't what God's calling me to do. There's, there's a flesh in me that says, go this way. Go and pick up your crown. Go and pick up the self. Go and pick up your likes. Go and get your Instagram likes. Go and get your followers. Go and get all the, the nice comments on Instagram and build yourself up that way. When actually, I should be turning to the cross and picking up my cross and saying, yo, this is heavy, but God, I'm going for it. This is going to be hard, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to put down self, deny myself so I can follow you, pick up my cross and follow Jesus. Some of those things in my life have been difficult. Um, I remember being uh, three years of age, and uh, I don't know if anyone's three in here. I've got a little five-year-old at the moment. He's, he's, he's about this tall, and uh, he's mixed race. He's half Jamaican and half English. I call him Jim English. He's got, he's got bright red hair and Carmelo skin, and uh, we've just put him in for some modeling because the hairdresser was like, you've got to get this kid modeling. Like, he's a good-looking little dude. Now, when he cries, he is ugly. You understand what I'm saying? Like, he's a good-looking kid, but he is an ugly crier. Well, that was me. And I love the fact that I passed it on to my kid. Even though I adopted him, that's one of the traits that I passed on. I was an ugly crier. Like, I remember being three years of age. And I remember kicking off with my mum. And I wasn't like the kid that went, <laughs> I was like, bah! Dimples came out, face went down. Get lost, mum! I hate you! Like, and I remember being three years of age. And I stormed out of the house and said, I'm leaving home. And I didn't, know, I didn't really know where I was going, but I was like, I'm going to go and find my dad. So I stormed out of the house and I could remember ever so slightly in the back of my mind how to get to my dad's work. So I come out of the house, I turn right, I walk as far as I can till, like, till the road stops. I turn left, I turn right, I turn left again. And I, turn, and I got myself to my dad's work. I crossed the main road at three years of age. This little old lady grabbed my hand and, and actually took me across the road and I just ran off knowing that I was trying to find my dad. I get to, I get to my dad, and, and I, walk into, I walk into, he was a, a youth worker, and he was an outdoor pursuits officer uh, for London boroughs. That means he, would, he was actually quite a remarkable bloke. He was a Billy Graham uh, festival organizer for a little bit, and my mum became a Christian through Billy Graham, so it's all kind of linked in that way. And, uh, and we moved out to Brussels, and we moved back to London, and he had this crazy idea to fly young people that had never seen green grass in the inner city of London. He'd fly them on a Friday to North Wales, to do abseiling, rock climbing and canoeing and then fly them back in a copter, in a chopper. And so he was just like this, he's slightly wild man. He's about six foot five. He's a, he's a bit of a dude and, and I love him. He's got big hugs and big cuddles, right? And I turn up and I remember my dad's face and he stood at the top of the stairs and he kind of, he kind of stopped and limped back and he was like, and there were three things I saw. I saw disbelief. I saw a little bit of anger because he was like, what the heck are you doing here? But then I just saw this massive hug come out. Like, how proud is my dad that I'd got there on my own? And he picked me up and he gave me this massive cuddle. And he's like, yeah, you did it. You made it. How difficult was that? And I was like, Dad, it was so hard. I got to the end of the I didn't know where I was going. And I was doing the bad cry and all this. I was like, I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what was going on. He's like, yeah. 
Some of you here need to hear tonight that God's proud of you. He's proud of the direction you're taking. He's proud that you're running in the opposite. He's proud that you're taking up your cross and you're following him. For some of us in here, maybe some of us are like this guy with the crown. Some of us are putting the crown on and we're like, yeah, this is us. This is what I do. This, I go clubbing and I drink too much and I do stuff that I shouldn't do. And maybe there's stuff in our life that we need to put down. Put down the crown and take up the cross. But maybe there's some people in here that need to be bigged up because you picked up your cross. I'm here to say God's proud of you. He's hugging you. He picks you up and he's like, disbelief. He's like, yo, you did it. A little bit kind of like, yeah, you did it. But you did it maybe not the right way, but you did it. I'm proud of you. I love you. So much so that I sent Jesus. So much so that he, that he went to the cross. So much so that he took that punishment so you don't have to go through it. For those of us that are going through the crown at the moment, for me, I remember um, graduating from university. And uh, this was in 1999. And it gives, you, it gives away my age a little bit. I'm actually 43. Can you believe that? And uh, I had a birthday last week. And uh, I can't believe I'm 43. It blows my mind. I, can't, I didn't even think I was going to get to 40, let alone that. I was on this kind of destructive lifestyle. In 1998, I came out of university and I'd been working, I'd been living in America, I'd been playing basketball over there and I had a scholarship and I was living the life and I came back to London and I had this great job and I was doing this graduate scheme and it was like your parents' greatest dream. They're like, yeah, you're walking into a great job and you got this nice car and, and it wasn't really my parents' greatest dream but for some people, this was like living the dream. Like you've got this, I had loads of money, I had a new car every couple of weeks because I worked for a car company and, uh, and I was living in the centre of London and I just thought I had it. <clears throat> I remember sitting in, uh, in this bar with this guy and girl, these colleagues, and we'd just gone in after work in Sloan Square, which is, if you look at it, it's the richest part of the world, as in the per square metre of, of space, it's, it's that kind of place. And I'm sat in there and there was something in me that hit me like a train. Because I sat in a focus group talking to these Audi and BMW drivers and listening to them talking about these new cars and I had to read their body language and work out what they thought and when I mentioned something, if they turned, I'd have to write it down. If they smiled, I'd have to write it down and it kind of helps me now to read young people. If, if they're a bit screw-facey at the beginning and they're smiling by the end, it means we've won them. It's that kind of stuff, right? And I realized why I had to do this job but I sat there and these guys were complaining about their 70,000 pound cars and the window wipers weren't working. And I'm sat, and I'm looking at my mouth went, and I just had this epiphany, this, what are you doing here? And I'm looking at the screen, and I'm watching these guys, and I sat in the bar, and I said, what? I don't get it, what, what's going on? And this one girl, she's not a Christian, she just turned to me, and she said, Linz, I think you're in the wrong job, bro. I think you might be doing the wrong thing. I think you might be, you, you might be doing this because other people are telling you to do this. I think you might be doing this because you're picking up, she didn't say the crown, but inside I'm thinking, I'm picking up a crown. I'm doing this because I want to do this. I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for self. We have so much, I don't know whether you noticed this, we have so much choice right now. So much to choose from. That that's, make, that's what makes us unhappy. Like mental health is going through the roof because it's 90% of the time we, we're choosing all these different things that we think we're going to get like something in here is going to get filled up. And actually it's not that, is it? It's actually picking up the cross, but we pick up the crown because we think that's what we need. I, I, went, to, I went to Haiti recently, and, and, uh, and I went in there, right? They're the happiest kids. They've got nothing, nothing. When I say nothing, I mean nothing after the earthquake. And I walked into this one village. Their church has collapsed. They've got no food, no water, no nothing. And they are so happy to get one meal because they've only got one choice. And some of us need to make one choice here today, right? To put down a crown and say, actually, I'm going to take up the cross. 
I'm going to put down the crown of self. I'm going to put down what, what, what I think I should be doing and actually take up the cross and follow what Jesus wants you to do. But it's so difficult, isn't it? Because denying ourself, to, it's almost exactly the opposite of what the world says. The world says, yo, pick up yourself and live. Get the best out of it and live. Like you get the most out of life by getting the most stuff. When actually what Jesus says is deny yourself and follow me. Take up the cross. It's heavy. It hurts. But it's going to be the best life, the best decision you'll ever make in your life. You look a little bit further on in Mark. It talks about the, 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 the rich guy that turned up to Jesus and said, he said the same thing. He said, listen, for you to really live, give everything away. Don't do it. <laughs> In 1999, I can't believe she just said that. In 1999, I'm sat in London, and this woman who's not a Christian, she says, yo, you're, you're making the wrong decision here, bro. You need to put down yourself and go and do something else. She said, go and look at a charity and go and work for them or something. Put down, put down that stuff. And I'm, I'm sat there just like, like the, the rich young ruler, the guy. When Jesus says, give it all away. And what does he do? He can't do it. He literally just picks up and just says, no, that's not for me. And then walks in the opposite direction. There's so many young people that I see in schools. There's so many people that I see just generally around life. And I'm looking at them just going, yo, everything is about self. Everything is about gratifying you. Everything is about like the, the issues with human trafficking. All the stuff that we've been fighting for, for these years is all about self. It's all about how can I gratify myself? How can I get the best out of this for myself without even thinking about someone else? When Jesus says, act in the absolute opposite, mankind, gentle man. Take up your cross, deny yourself, and, and follow me. We wrote this, writ? That's the worst English. We wrote this song called, uh, it's called Give My All. And we do it as a response song in school. And just as we do this, we're going to perform it for you, but just as we do it, it's one of those opportunities. It's like a worship drum and bass track, if you can imagine that. Does that make sense? But the chorus is for you to sing it, for us to sing along. And just say, maybe there's a decision right now, just in this song, just that one moment, to put down the crown and pick up the cross. To say, actually, do you know what, Lord? This is a line in the sand moment. There's a line on the stage. Bam, I'm stepping across it. My past is done and my future is yet to come. I put myself down. I follow my cross. And you know what that is. I don't have to pick, point that out in people. I know what it is in my life. I know for me, when, when I was in, uh, in London, it was girls, drink, and nice cars. When I, when I moved up to Manchester and joined a charity that does pretty much set up LZ7, on that day, I decided, I said, right, I'm never smoking again. I, I, I'm going stick to stick to what you want me to do, God. And I had a, a 400-pound car, which is a really rubbish car, if you can imagine. I had no money. I went from £30,000 to £6,000 a year, which is about $12,000. And, and I just went, you know what, God, I'm blindly, I'm just going to trust you. And just in my life, just in my testimony, I've never looked back. I've been married 16 years now. I've been faithful to my wife. I've got a little boy. And I'm loving life because I just wanted to follow what Jesus wanted to do for my life. Now, I'm not saying I've got it right because I get it wrong. I pick up my crown daily. And I'm like, yo, selfie likes, yeah, Insta story, yeah. And I think, oh, come on, pick up my cross, come on, kick my own butt. Maybe this is a butt kicking time for some of us guys in here. Maybe this is a time for us to say, you know what, Jesus, I'll just give you my all. I'm going to give you everything. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.